Welcome to the Women Talk Holiday Stories Podcast 2020 with storyteller Jacqueline Ledet. Jacqueline Ledet is ready to make a wager with you about Christmas lights. Find out what she sees in these festive ornaments that the rest of us don't see. Here is the story. off tonight by betting each one of you a box of candy canes that there isn't anyone among you that sees or thinks about Christmas lights in the same way that I do. Now I've had a love-hate relationship with Christmas lights indoor and outdoor most of my life. It all started out well enough. When I was a kid it was my dad's job to look after the lights and on that long anticipated Sunday before Christmas he'd spend a good deal of time getting the tree lights to do what they're supposed to do, light up. He'd start in the early afternoon and pull out the orangey brown sets of lights. You remember the kind with the, with the braided fabric insulation? Well, I'd watch him as he tested each string. From a working string, he'd take out one bulb and then methodically test each bulb from the non-working ones replacing bulbs as needed until, ta-da, they all lit up. Onto the tree they would go, but dad kept a ready supply of spare bulbs nearby because inevitably, at multiple times during the holiday season, there would be that dark swatch across the tree indicating that one bulb somewhere in there needed to be replaced. The one burnt bulb that was responsible for extinguishing the entire string. <sighs> My dad would patiently start his testing process again until the tree was once more aglow. Oh, how I loved turning off all the living room lights in the evening and just stare at the beauty of the lit up tree before me. It seemed almost magical. Some lights had five pointed stars around them made of five little triangular mirrors glued onto a star-shaped piece of cardboard. But my absolute favorite ones were the ones that had the sealed glass tubes filled with liquid that bubbled and danced from the heat of the bulb. Dad would also put out a modest string or two of outdoor lights on the house. There was only one kind of exterior light back then, and everybody had the same. There were four colors on each string, red, green, yellow, and blue. You had a flat wire with a flat bottom base, and dad always attached them to the house in a perfectly nice straight line. As a young mother in my own home, I somehow accepted the responsibility of getting the strings of light ready for the tree. It would take me forever to get all those tiny little lights working and to determine which one was responsible for the lifeless string in front of me. Yeah, the technology was still the same. If one didn't work, the whole set didn't work. But these were not the screw-in bulbs, though. Oh, no, no, no. I had to pop out the bulb, check that the two tiny little copper wires were making proper contact with the metal pieces inside the base. And Maybe it was the darn bulb itself that was burnt. I had to start, not on the afternoon of the tree decorating like my dad, but on the night before. But miraculously, the time would come when the tree was up and resplendent. Boxes were all put away, 
kids were upstairs in their beds and I could turn off the living room lights and sit quietly and contemplate the festive sparkling beauty of the tree with its hundreds of tiny little twinkling lights. The effect was still mesmerizing, but just like my dad, I had my supply of replacement bulbs, hopefully at least a couple of bulbs for each of the different bulb size bases. Like <clears throat> Fast forward another decade or so and outdoor lights had changed too with some improvements. You didn't have to play find the burnt bulb game, but where there used to be one kind of string and four colors, now there was an astonishing number of variations, configurations, bulb types and shapes and colors. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and try as I might, it was absolutely impossible to replicate the tidy military precision straight line that I liked so much with sets of, of bulbs that were like three twisted wires and LED bulbs sticking out in all directions. And, and don't even get me started on icicle lights. Well, short of hanging weights at the end of each tip. I mean, icicles are supposed to be straight, right? The, for me, they sort of ended up looking like a lacy curtain of lights. Well, well, okay, I admit it. The effect was not altogether visually unpleasing. Yep, it's been a love-hate thing for me with Christmas lights until about five years ago. My husband was doing a lot of electrical work, so I had a certain amount of copper wire at my disposal that I used for jewelry making. I started rolling up the scraps into a ball. And at one point I got the idea to attempt a Guinness record for the largest, that is the heaviest wire ball in the world. The minimum weight I had to attain was 992 pounds. So now I needed a lot more copper wire. And guess what Christmas lights are full of? Yep, copper wire. I no longer saw those troublesome strings of lights as a source of irritation. I now saw them as a nearly endless source of copper wire. Yeah, and word got out and soon everybody I knew was bringing me their rejected strings. Strip off the insulation, add the copper wire to my ever-growing ball. And I even occasionally got some really old sets with the fabric insulation on them. It was so cool. So what happened with the Guinness World Record attempt, you ask? Well, that's a whole other story. But let me ask you something now. Do I get to keep my candy canes? Whoops, that's not candy canes. That's a box of Kleenexes. Let me try that again. So let me ask you something now. Do I get to keep my candy canes or is there one among you who sees the copper veins of Christmas lights like I do?